Hello, and welcome to Sludge, an American healthcare story. My name is Caitlin Durante, and this is a podcast about the broken and biased healthcare system in the United States. We are still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine, so I thought this was a good opportunity to share some stories that I've received from listeners since sitting down and chatting with guests face-to-face violates the social distancing that we should all be doing right now. Once again, huge thanks to all of the healthcare professionals who are working very hard, sacrificing their own health, safety, and lives to provide care to patients during this pandemic. I do feel kind of bad releasing episodes about the upsetting behavior of certain medical workers during a time when these great sacrifices are being made, but at the same time, certain professions are sometimes held on a pedestal, and it's important to examine things from all perspectives. So with that in mind, on this episode, I will share a story that belongs to Conrad, who gave me permission to tell their story and to use their first name. And I've been corresponding with Conrad for a few months now, and they have provided me with various updates as time went on, so I am going to read and share everything, starting with the first email from Conrad. My name is Conrad. I am a 25-year-old trans guy who has lived in a small town in Minnesota for the majority of my life. I know trans and queer folks are a minority of people, so to a degree, I understand not being as knowledgeable about how to talk to and understand our health concerns. But that does not mean the level of ignorance I have experienced so far is warranted. I didn't come out to my doctors as a trans guy until a couple months ago. Before that, I did have it on my chart that I was a, air quotes, woman who had sex with women. This meant to my PCP that I was a, air quotes, virgin, and therefore, pap smear and STI screenings weren't particularly necessary. I mean, as someone who has discomfort with my genitals, I didn't give any pushback to that. I thought I was avoiding something unpleasant, so it didn't matter. But the truth is that while the kind of sex I was having was less likely to result in STIs than cis-heterosex, that doesn't mean it's completely impossible. A few months ago, I finally told my doctor I needed to have a pap smear and STI screenings done. Then I came out to one of my doctors and told them I am transgender and decided to go forward with transitioning. My doctor was so full of questions. He had no clue people could find somewhere to transition around here. He asked if I was sure and had I been talking to a counselor. I told him I was sure and indeed seeing a counselor and had an appointment with a trans health clinic set already for starting testosterone. Now my health chart says, quote, parentheses Conrad's legal name, is transgender. She has an appointment to start testosterone, and she told me she wears a binder on her chest, end quote. The wrong pronouns, the wrong name. I am thankful to have found the trans health clinic I found, and it is well worth the several hour drive to get to it. But being over a hundred miles away, it is not in my health insurance network. Honestly, Thank God that the clinic is a nonprofit one and costs are income based. 
Anyway, just with the short amount of experiences I have had so far, I am deeply concerned that, as a trans person, I might never have a regular doctor who understands my sexual health needs, and I know from friends that these experiences I have had are very common. That's the end of Conrad's first email. I responded, thanking Conrad for sharing their story, saying that the behavior of their doctor is very upsetting, and that I'm so sorry they've had to deal with this doctor. I say, I'm glad you've been able to go to the Trans Health Clinic, sounds like a great resource, but sadly, the bias your doctor is displaying is all too common. And then I told Conrad I'd be releasing a follow-up season of Sludge Podcast, the one that we are currently in right now, where I share other people's stories, and I asked if I could include Conrad's story. They write back, saying this. I'm glad you're going into this more. My mom has chronic pain from a slipped disc that happened at work. She is a nurse, and nurses are often horribly understaffed and expected to do way more than they should. And the amount of times she has been literally laughed at by doctors when she was trying to get help is deeply upsetting. I personally don't doubt it's the fact that she is a woman and many of her doctors have been men. It took until she saw a doctor who was a woman for her to be taken seriously, and that was when she found out she needed surgery again because her nerve was being pinched. This also happened when I was a young kid. I had been sick for months and my mom kept bringing me into the clinic, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, and at one point, flat out accused my mom of making me sick for attention. Then she saw a different doctor. Again, a woman. She tested me for Lyme disease, and turns out that was what was going on. Like I said, my mom is a nurse. Her mom was, too. If women, even in the medical field, are often not taken seriously by their doctors, it just really stresses me out for other women. I actually wonder if your sludge problem would have been resolved quicker if you were a man. And that's the end of that email. Uh, I often wonder that too. <laughs> um, I can't help but think that my pain would have been managed better or taken more seriously during my initial trip to the ER when I was having my sludge attack. My thinking also spirals into this whole thing where I think, well, if I was a man, I would probably make more money than I do right now because of the gender wage gap. And if I made more money, I could afford better health insurance and better health care. And I perhaps wouldn't have been subjected to all of those obstacles and hurdles that I was forced to overcome when I was dealing with my sludge debacle. I would say that it is not far-fetched to think that if I was a man, particularly a cis man, things would have gone far more smoothly for me. Then Conrad sends me this email saying, I want to add a follow-up of my situation and experience as a trans guy in the American healthcare system. Today, I had an appointment at the Trans Health Clinic, and it went well, and I was prescribed testosterone. Yay! My doctor was very kind and explained everything with great detail. The receptionist talked to me about a payment plan based on my income, and I didn't see a bill at all today. It was very good. Then came the time to pick up my prescription. 
First, my testosterone was not covered by my insurance, so I tried to use a coupon, but that was erroring a lot. I ended up spending two hours in the pharmacy because they decided to help everyone else before trying to help me. I suppose they thought my testosterone wasn't as medically urgent, or maybe they didn't want to deal with a trans person. I finally went through the line again to ask what was going on, and it turned out they hadn't even started filling my prescription because they thought I couldn't pay. I wish they had asked because while I couldn't afford the whole three months worth, I could afford one month's. So then they started filling my prescription, and I could hear them talking about me to each other, using incorrect pronouns for me. It was upsetting to say the least. They were aware I was prescribed testosterone and knew my preferred name is Conrad, yet they kept calling me she. They also gave me the wrong size needles, so I had to purchase needles for myself. Honestly, I'm so excited to finally be starting testosterone, but I am not excited for when I need to refill my prescription. How pharmacists can be so ignorant about trans identities, even though they stock hormone supplements for trans people, I won't even pretend to understand. Now, listeners, here is a content warning for the following paragraph, which mentions suicide. Conrad says, I have had friends attempt suicide. Thankfully, they have all survived and are doing mostly better because of the way they are treated for being trans. Health practitioners promise to do no harm. By misgendering trans people, they are breaking that oath. And that is the end of that email. I respond and say, I'm so glad you got a testosterone prescription, but I'm sorry you had that experience at the pharmacy. I hope it's not like that every time you refill your prescription. Of all the industries slash professions, you'd think people working in the medical field would be some of the more aware, sensitive, and progressive people. You'd think they'd be understanding and supportive of all people and all experiences. But it seems like the opposite is often true. Do they never receive any diversity training? It boggles the mind. Then Conrad writes back and says, My mom is a registered nurse at a psychiatric hospital. She has had trans patients, and just this year was the first year they had sensitivity training about trans health issues. I'm honestly very thankful for it because it helped her be a little bit more understanding of me. She told me almost everyone she works with laughs and jokes about trans patients behind their back. It's a bummer to say the least. Unfortunately, because they work in a small town and queerphobic community, they have only known trans people when they are at their most vulnerable and, to a degree, helpless. It solidifies their very bad viewpoint that trans people are all, air quotes, crazy. And I think that is what happens with medical professionals. They use experiences to prove their biases and then refuse to acknowledge different experiences. It's clear to me that most of those particular doctors and nurses do not understand that minority stress is a thing. The assumption is that trans people are, air quotes, crazy, when in reality, a lot of the time, mental health issues arise because people like these healthcare practitioners 
are shitty towards trans people, and no mentally ill person should ever be treated poorly or stigmatized. That's the end of that email from Conrad. You bring up such an interesting point, which is that, in all likelihood, many medical professionals who are harboring certain biases toward certain groups of people are allowing those biases to be reinforced by the way they are treating their own patients. Using trans people as an example, let's say there's a transphobic healthcare provider who attempts to provide care for a trans patient. They mistreat the patient, perhaps misgendering them or not taking them seriously or perhaps refusing care altogether. That has certain psychological and emotional effects for the trans patient. The provider sees those effects. It confirms their assumption, which you and I know to be wrong, but it confirms their suspicion or their assumption that there must be something wrong with this trans person and they continue to mistreat them and the cycle continues, which means this cycle needs to be broken and the onus should be on the healthcare providers to educate themselves and break themselves of this damaging cycle of thinking But what often happens is the burden falls onto trans people to have to tirelessly advocate for themselves and spread awareness that should already exist. So Conrad, I really feel for you and your frustrations. Back to the emails. A couple weeks later, Conrad provided another update. And this one says... Yesterday, I had to refill my prescription for testosterone, and the pharmacist refused on the basis of it being too soon to refill. It was supposed to be the day I take my shot, and I didn't have enough. I asked if I should be aware of any issues that could arise if I skip a week. He asked me then what I was on testosterone for. I told him I am trans, and his immediate response was, I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. He went on to be very rude when I asked more questions, trying to understand why I couldn't refill my prescription even though I needed it. Today, I talked to a friend of mine, a trans guy and pharmacy technician. He told me that is something that happened to him, too. The vials they have been giving are single-use vials, and because of that issue, they screw up on how often you can refill. I went back into the pharmacy and talked to a different pharmacist, and she was able to see what the issue was and get me my prescription. In the process, the pharmacist from yesterday started trying to dissuade her from filling the testosterone. When she wouldn't stop, he started explaining why he didn't fill the prescription. The whole time, I could hear him misgendering me. I got the issue resolved and found out that because they incorrectly have been filling my prescription with single-use vials rather than one big multi-use vial, and because I have had to pay out of pocket because my insurance doesn't cover testosterone, I ended up paying about $20 more than I should have had to. $20 over three months isn't the worst thing in the world, but that is $80 a year had I not learned about the issue today. And that isn't nothing. On top of that, this issue resulted in me spending two hours to resolve. I am beyond frustrated. This system is broken. 
And that brings us to the present of Conrad's story. First, I just want to say thank you so much to Conrad for sharing this story and for going into so much detail. It's really helpful to know all of that information and all of that context. And I'm so sorry that it's been such a struggle and that you've had to deal with so many healthcare professionals who have mistreated you and misgendered you and dismissed you and your needs because it's really the opposite of the care you're supposed to receive. It goes against the Hippocratic Oath. It's fully unacceptable, but as was stated, it's all too common. I also think about the money that you've spent out of pocket for your testosterone because your insurance doesn't cover it. I think about your time that has not been valued by, seems like, mostly pharmacists. I think about how you have to drive so far away for the closest trans health clinic because trans health isn't more accessible in your area and many rural areas like yours around the country. I think about all the people who have been insensitive to your experience and the experience of other trans people. Because I've heard a lot of stories like this, where certain healthcare providers are lacking awareness, sensitivity, tolerance, respect, any combination of those when it comes to treating trans people. Different studies have been done to this effect. I'm pulling some information from an article from 2018 from National Geographic entitled What It's Like Being Transgender in the Emergency Room. This article cites various studies and surveys that were conducted, including one from a nonprofit called Lambda Legal. Um, I believe this information was collected quite some time ago. Um, if I have my dates correct, it's 2011, so almost 10 years ago. But at that time, this survey found that 70% of transgender and genderqueer individuals have faced serious discrimination in a healthcare setting. A slightly more recent survey, but still a few years old, the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey, which was conducted by the National Center for Transgender Equality, found that 33% of respondents who had seen a healthcare professional in the past year reported having at least one negative experience, and this included things like being refused treatment, verbal harassment, physical or sexual assault, or having to teach providers how to give appropriate care. And unsurprisingly, the rate of these negative experiences were even higher for trans people of color and people with disabilities, which is, again, probably not surprising, but still very alarming and upsetting. So the bottom line is healthcare professionals. The onus must be on you to educate yourselves and to get to a place where you're understanding and compassionate about trans people and trans health. And if you see one of your doctor or pharmacist friends being insensitive or intolerant, you need to challenge that. I am disheartened by much of Conrad's story because of all the struggles they've had to undergo. But I am also uplifted by it because they are making progress in their transition. But of course, this progress could be going much smoother if the system weren't so broken and biased. So I'm really hoping healthcare professionals out there are inspired by this story 
to be someone who will champion and advocate for trans patients. Once again, big thanks to Conrad for sharing their story. If you would like to follow Conrad, which you totally should do, you can do that on Twitter at Conradist. That's C-O-N-R-A-D-D-E-S-T. Again, I truly appreciate you sharing your story, your experience, your insight, all extremely valuable. And we here at Sludge Podcast, aka me, Caitlin, truly appreciates it. And speaking of following things on the internet, you can follow the podcast at Sludge Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And once again, if you're a listener and you have a healthcare horror story that you would like to share, either just with me or if you have a story that you would like me to share on the podcast, I will do that with your permission. And you can tell me your story by emailing me at sludgestorypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast so you're aware when new episodes come out. Please rate and review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. One more time, a huge thanks to Conrad. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Conradist. And I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, taking care of themselves. Be well and see you for the next episode of Sludge.